0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Catholic Halos podcast. I'm Veronica Ambuel, director of communications for the Diocese of Colorado Springs, and I'm joined today by Deacon Doug Flynn, who's the Chancellor and General General Counsel for the Diocese, and Deacon Patrick Jones, who's an award-winning author of Catholic fiction and the founder of Catholic Halos. Uh, Before we get into our topic today, um, Deacon Doug would you lead us in an opening prayer?
1: Certainly. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tu, Iesus.
0: Sancta Maria, mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. So our our topic today is actually kind of um, part 2 of Our discussion from last week when we were discussing emotions and um, kind of the role they play in our spiritual life, uh, you know, what what they do and don't mean um, in terms of, uh, you know, how they should play into decisions that we make and things like that. So. In this uh, discussion, we're going to focus on the concept of shepherding. Um, in other words, as you know, we, we've established that emotions can't be, you know, our number one guide in in our life. Um, They're who not. Do, well, <laughs> sorry that to really disappoint makes you. makes me angry. <laughs> sorry to disappoint you, but
2: please, um, <laughs> please.
0: So the question is who you know who do we who do we consult um you know who who what is a reliable source of of guidance for us and and um we know that um ultimately it's it's God um but who can help us to kind of discern and follow his will in our in our lives we know that we're always faced with a lot of uh, difficult decisions, um, whether it be as parents or, um, uh, managers, things like that. And so, um, Deacon Patrick, can you kind of lay the groundwork with this topic? Just, just what do we mean when we talk about shepherding?
2: Well, there's, there's a lot of quotes in the gospel. Um, I'm, I'm the shepherd. uh I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice; they follow me. Um, I'm the gate. Uh, no one can get to the Father except through me, the gate. Um, and and then Jesus gives us at, at, at the end, um, near the end of John, the Gospel of John. Um, he says, "Love one another as I have loved you," and That invitation is the invitation to shepherd as he has shepherd. Shepherd did. (laughs) Um, And so the question becomes, all right, well, who are shepherds? Uh, Because we don't just turn to anyone. Um, Christ places people in our lives over us. They have authority over us. Um, and they are in various respects, Christ in our life. And, um, so when we're growing up as children, Christ gives us our mother and our father. There are shepherds, they represent Christ in authority over us to guide us toward, um, coming to know who God created us to be getting to know what's our inner breath of God that God breathed into us at the moment of our conception, that unique um, thing that makes Veronica, Veronica and Doug, Doug and Patrick, Patrick. (laughs) Um, And we, the primary job of parents is to help their children Come to know who did God make them to be, and how do you run towards christ uh then there's um spouse husband, wife, shepherd each other uh and we can get into the um the ins and outs of this probably for a different podcast on what marriage is, but uh husbands are head of house because uh christ uh because God said uh, wives obey your husbands um be obedient to your husbands uh and then christ uh saint paul reiterates that christ reiterates that through saint paul um, and so there's a hierarchy in the family just as there is in the church of shepherds so while we often think of priests and bishops and the pope being Shepherds, uh, there are other shepherds as well. And so a a general, um, definition of a shepherd is anyone who's entrusted by Christ to lead another in addition to themselves toward Christ. So, uh, if I'm not placed in authority over someone else, then I'm not a shepherd in the sense we're talking about, even though I have responsibility to form myself to run towards Christ.
0: Well, um, Deacon Patrick, as you were talking, um, one thing that came to my mind in, in regards to parents, uh, parenting and, and being uh, a shepherd is when uh, right about the time that um, my husband and I uh, had our first child, uh, there there was a, um, a series of i'm really dating myself here but audio cassettes um ca- called you're a better parent than you think and it was um by uh um Dr. Ray Gurendi who actually still has uh, does a radio show on um on Catholic radio i think it's uh Ave Maria radio but but anyhow um because, you know, as, as you are both aware, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different, there, there were a lot of different parenting books that came out, um, in the sixties and seventies, you know, with different kind of techniques and strategies, you know, for parenting. But his basic point in You're a Better Parent Than You Think was that the point is be a parent, you know, in, in other words, you're the one who has to set the the tone, the framework, the, the ground rules, so to speak for how you're going to raise your children. And it it did, we, there could be differences in the rules that from one family to another, you know, that they, but the point was that um, the, the, the main, the, it, it, it almost reminded me of, I guess you could say, the, the old um saying, you know, fake it till you make it. The, the point was that you really had to believe that, that as a parent, you had this authority, you know. And I think what he was seeing as a child psychologist was that there were just a lot of parents who didn't really feel that they had the authority to be the parents to their children. And so I'm not saying that, you know, I... I My husband and I both listened to the, um, to the recordings and actually went to one of his live presentations. And it certainly didn't make us perfect parents, but I think, um,
2: it definitely helped us. Kids are gasping at this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hopefully, hopefully they're not listening, but, um, no, but, but it, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it just, I, I, I think, um, it's a message that, You know, we really needed to hear and it's still timely today. You know, it's just that you're as you said, Deacon Patrick, you know, it's it's our it's our vocation. We didn't just stumble into um, being fathers and mothers. And and so we have to we have to have the mindset that God will give us the grace to um, raise our children um with all our weaknesses and everything else um precisely because he's he, he's has chosen us for this uh for this task you know and and um i i think uh i i i I really do think that that's one of the now that i'm in the um the grandmother phase i i really do think that that's one of the biggest things uh, the biggest uh ways that we can help young parents is just to kind of build up their confidence and say no no you know god god put you here and he's going to give you the grace that you need to to live up to this this it's um
2: your advice to parents is you're not as stupid as you think you are
0: um <laughs> wait for my new book parenting for dummies no but um, it's just <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's, it, it really does, I think, come down to that, you know, um, because,
2: and. Well, uh, one we, of the, one of the spiritual corollaries, uh, or, or truisms is, um, on the road to Emmaus, Christ encourages the disciples who are lost and fearful to s- slow down, know what you know about salvation history revealed through scripture. The biggest one of the biggest challenges is to know what we know, and um, in today's society, we're very good at deceiving ourselves into mm, believing what anything we want to believe, rather than knowing what we actually know.
1: Well, Deacon Patrick, or the exact opposite, is kind of throwing up our hands and saying, "Oh, there's no way to know anything
2: because this whole
1: concept of you—they got your truth, and you got my truth, and you got somebody else's truth—and you know, Veronica, to your point about hoping the kids aren't listening, when if I were to echo that statement, uh, which is oh so true that, you know, we're not perfect parents, I heard this echo of my kids going, can I get an amen? But, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, part of, but part of that, uh, shepherding, I think, as a head of household, uh, or in any context is, you know, you have to have a dose of humility with that. And so, you know, what Dr. Guarneri said about you know, you're a better parent than you think you are. Well, part of that is just, you know, having the trust in God that he put you in this situation. And um, I'm reminded of a, uh, it was sort of a semi-thriller um, horror movie. And one of the characters said to to one of the spiritual leaders, well, I don't believe in God. And she just burst out laughing and said, well, that don't matter actually, because God believes in you. And it uh, took him by surprise. But in so many ways, I think that, That's what, you know, what we're called to do in our lives as parents, as children, as bosses, as, uh, cohorts, as friends, is to trust that God put us here for a purpose. And Patrick, I think you alluded to it earlier, that God puts other people in our lives, uh, in positions of authority or, you know, the idea of of having halos where we've chosen to try to run together towards Christ with others, you know, we have mutually placed ourselves at each other's um, learning, uh, to try and, and go in a halo together towards Christ and mutually, um, shepherd each other.
2: Wait, I'm supposed to humbly listen to the wisdom that you both offer me?
0: Just play Is along, that Dan. The wisdom just, you just, just, just offered along, me, Doug? Okay, no. <laughs> no, but, well, and, and you know, And, And I think, but, but I, it really does point to the idea that, um, again, we're, um, and, and Bishop, um, Bishop Golka talks about this quite often is, uh, the art of discernment rather than, um, following like a set program. And I think that's really what, Dr. Ray Gurendi was getting with his um getting at with his um audio tapes was that um don't don't try to look for a program or a script that's going to tell you what to do it's it's all about when when these cha- when the challenges come up in parenting which they always do is the the first reaction is you know to to bring them to our prayer to to Bring them to God and, and say, you know, Lord, show me, show me how to react in this situation. And I, and frankly, I, I think that really, um, you know, is in, in a lot of ways what sets the Catholic Church apart, um, in, in our approach to these things, you know, um, and so when you, when you think about, it, think about it in terms of discernment. Um, then yes, it does make you much more humble because you're not sitting there saying, well, I have all the answers. I'm the parent and you're the child and, um, you do what I say. It's, it, it's seeing yourself, um, more as an instrument, um, kind of like uh, the, you know, the symbol of the vine and the branches. You're, you're the instrument, um, through which God is working to um touch our children you know and and so um there is definitely um part of it is you know getting our own selves out of the way i i I think there's no doubt about that i mean we all have um i think uh and and i typically it's the oldest children who are kind of the victim of this (laughs) you know we we want to listen we kind of want to live vicariously do the things that we quote unquote never had a chance to do or whatever um and and so you know our our first temptation is to try to kind of make them a certain image you know and then um you know fortunately by the end <laughs> you realize there's very little you can do in that regard but um uh yeah you, you know and so we have to get out of our own way and really uh pray about god what is it that you want for this child, not how, how can I fulfill my dreams through, through this child, but what is, what is it that you want? And that's, I think where where the, the shepherding, um, really comes to the fore because you're not, um, trying to, um, in a sense, control them. It's again, you know, being, being the means by which they, uh, attain, you know, learn virtues and, um, come to know God and that kind of thing.
2: Well, something you said reminded me of, uh, we only have one rule in our house. And that came about because I remember growing up, I could, I, uh, I could be a great lawyer and get around any of the rules I wanted (laughs) to. I was one of those kids. Um, and the one rule that we have is, we're called to strive to uphold right relationship in everything that we do. And the challenge of having one rule that calls us to right relationship with God, ourself, others, and nature, referencing the four harmonies uh, in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, the challenge of that is it promotes conversation and so there isn't just a simple answer. We're promoting as parents intellect in our children, teaching them how do you recognize how to uphold right relationship? Do you want somebody if you if you're dealing with the uh you know the two year old whacking <laughs> whacking the three year old or the three year old whacking the two year old with the toy? having the conversation with them of, do you want them to whack you? No, that isn't right. Gives them the beginnings of that intellect and builds those, um, intellectual muscles so that they can begin to, uh, have more and more ownership of the decisions that they make as they get older. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a fascinating way to uh have our own kids teach us things we didn't realize because they'll say well but what about this (laughs) and it's something we hadn't considered at all um and uh just a, a wonderful gift that that's been for us of just having one rule uh in the house
0: well and and um Yes, the, the whole idea that um what what you said, Deacon Patrick about um you know learning from your children, I mean uh it really I, I think um one of the the things that you learn is so so early on is how um how different they can be. You know, it's like, yes, this is my child, you know, they're they're living in the in but but um you know, even in their, in their, um, talents and abilities and personality, they can, they can be so, so different from us. And, um, you, you realize that as time goes on that, you know, God, God made them that the way that they are in part so that they will, um, kind of almost round out, uh, the, you know, like what might be lacking, um, in, in your own life, you know, uh, like for just, just for example, I mean, I, um, I am not, uh, gifted in terms of, um, entertaining and, and planning social events. So God saw You're fit. You're pretty
2: entertaining here, right? Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, but,
2: you know, behind
0: a microphone, <laughs> <laughs> microphones hide a multitude of sins, as they say, but,
1: um,
0: uh, you know, but so, so what does my daughter? So, so what does God give me? You know, my oldest daughter who was kind of like the ultimate socialite. I mean, she, you know, talked to everybody, um, you know, uh, and, and I just thought, boy, that's, it, that's just so interesting, you know, like, um, that God from all eternity knew that I would, need some help in this area, you know, and and so um again it 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 uh it shows us that i think the true definition of shepherding, you know, is that we're not we're not meant to impose ourselves, we're we're instruments and sometimes that just means as you said Deacon Patrick, you know, being open to other people's ideas, ways of doing things, that kind of thing.
1: Well, it's funny, Veronica, because you talk about um, not being a good entertainer, and I would agree with Patrick that you I, I always found you very entertaining. Um, and I'm sure that's mutual. But I was also going back, Deacon Patrick, to your your um, reflection on just having one rule in your house. And I, I got to thinking, well, what, what rules do we have in, in our house? And the only one that left to mind was no singing at the dinner table. <laughs> But I think that's tied back to my not being entertaining or, and or having sung too much as a, when my kids were growing up, it led to that rule. So kids can teach. Us. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> well, and that's a good, good, one of the questions that we get for that is, well, so how do you handle all the details of life? How do you know what to expect? And it's, it's, it's really not that we have one rule. It's that, any rule we have has to be answerable to that one rule. Um, so we gather for, uh, regular meals as a family each day. We gather for regular prayer each day. Um, so one rule to rule all the rules (laughs) at the risk of sounding like, um, and, uh, and really butchering the, uh, the whole metaphor of what the one ring was, but um <laughs> the opposite of that uh and and so the one of the things that becomes clear as uh a, a shepherd is re- reflecting on the crozier um is the the uh the hook shepherding staff. Uh, that we see the, the priest and the bishop carry in, um, uh, well, uh, certainly the bishop. I don't think the priest carries the crozier in, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but the, the crozier is, uh, a shepherding staff. And so shepherds would be out with their sheep and it's hooked so that they can draw their sheep to them when they need to, when they're out of reach, uh, they can gently guide them as they're walking along pull them away from poisonous plants that that type of guidance but uh something that we don't always realize is what's on the other side of the inside of that hook is a bludger <laughs> you can whack a wolf with that thing and uh it's hardy and uh it can crack the the head of a wolf it can defend Um, the flock against any attackers. Um, And that it's uh, one of the roles of shepherd is to defend the sheep against sin. And uh, St. Benedict describes this in his rules of St. Benedict, when he describes the role of abbot has the responsibility with it. The price that comes with it is an abbot who doesn't correct the sin in his sheep bears responsibility, bears the price of that sin as if he'd committed it himself. Whereas if he tries to correct it, but the sheep are stubborn and continue to do it and don't respond, then the shepherd doesn't bear that responsibility. Um, but he bears the responsibility to continue to try and continue to love uh one another as I have loved you, and so we see that in the ways different ways that Jesus speaks to um the Pharisees very differently than he speaks to say peter um when uh, I think Veronica last time you'd mentioned uh the uh the whole um Part where, where Peter is emotionally dragged, dragged into, well, no, Lord, you don't need to be crucified. Uh, you don't need to die. And Jesus corrects him. He never corrects the Pharisees this way at all. And he never corrects the demons this way. He says, get behind me, Satan. So one, it seems brutal that he's calling Peter Satan. But is it really brutal if you're being very clear of Here's what you're doing. (laughs) You're turning away from me. And that's not brutal at all. It's actually loving to point out you're in error. And in the same time, he's giving the correction. Get behind me. Take up your cross. And because you're behind me, follow me. So the remedy is in the correction. What an amazing, crystal clear example of shepherding. Uh, and, and it's beautiful going through and reading, uh, the, the different saints because they make this clear. They open this up. Uh, and it's one of the beautiful things I love about the Catena Aria, um, by St. Th- Thomas Aquinas where he compiles, uh, the, uh, different biblical commentaries on the gospel. Uh, it really opens up the gospel in a whole new way that isn't um tainted by our modern um poisonous fruits from the irrationalist movement and and uh the unenlightenment um that uh that we can see what shepherding is supposed to be it's this bold crozier <laughs> that guides and shapes and draws near the the sheep but it defends the innocence of the sheep against the temptation of the wolves.
1: Well, Patrick, one of the things that always struck me the most about that "get behind me, Satan" um, admonishment was it comes just two or three verses after um, Christ had told Peter, "You are the rock on which I'm going to build my church." So you have this this moment of great responsibility being laid on Peter to be the first, you know, uh, of the apostles, first amongst equals and, you know, it's followed up three paragraphs later by get behind me, Satan. So, you know, if ever there's a talk about uh, needing to remember humility, uh, that that series of passages always re- reached, out, reached out to me. And uh, I'm reminded of one of the first statements um, Pope Benedict made uh, soon after his election to the pontificate uh, when he publicly asked forgiveness in advance for all the mistakes that he was going to make. Uh, as pope. and, uh, I thought that was a, a, a beautiful example of humility, you know, having just, you know, uh, been burdened and or graced with the, uh, role of successor of the apostles, successor of Peter.
2: Well, and I know Veronica's, uh, getting ready to, uh, to inform everyone that we're, we're about out of time. Um, and we talked about, you know, is this is this maybe a multiple part thing on shepherding Um there just to give a teaser of next time on the ranch? <laughs> uh Part of what we're looking at moving into discussing is, well, what is the spiritual journey? Because when we look at what the saints describe, they all describe the same journey of the soul, but they do so in stunningly, wonderfully varied ways. Um What is that journey? It starts with fear of the Lord, but where does it go from there? And what is fear of the Lord? Um, And we've talked a little bit about the salvation arts. What in the world are those? And how do we wield them to help us advance on our journey towards Christ? Um, And then exactly what is the soul and what happens to it as we move toward or away from Christ? So that may be, uh, either one episode or three episodes. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but if, if, uh, we're agreeable to that, we can have that sort of be a preview.
0: Yes, uh, that, I, I think that definitely sounds like a plan, but as you said, Deacon Patrick, we are about out of time (laughs) for this episode. So, um, uh, before we close, I just wanted to remind everybody that uh, the Catholic Kalos podcast is available on um, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, there's a platform that I just re- became aware of called Overcast that apparently we are also featured on. So um, feel free to find us on your favorite p- platform and go ahead and subscribe to Kathakalos. Um Deacon Patrick, would you lead us in a closing prayer?
2: In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui Iesus.
0: Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora penobis peccatoribus, nunc en ora mortis nostre. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Catholic Kalos Podcast.